So I want to start this episode with an email I received March 16, 2016. You've got mail. Hello, dear leadership friends. Some of you may know, but many of you may not, that I have decided to run for Slow City Council. I'm very excited and look forward to working toward a balanced vision for San Luis Obispo. The Chamber and Leadership Class 24, the best class ever, in particular, have been instrumental in my growth as a leader. You all have helped me be a better person and inspired me to want to take on this challenge. I will publicly announce my candidacy on Thursday morning, March 24th at Good Morning Slow. It would be great to see you there. So that was an email I received as part of a group email from Andy Peace, a friend of mine and a classmate from Leadership Class 24, as she mentioned, announcing her candidacy for San Luis Obispo City Council. And when I received the email, I immediately wrote back and said, great job, Andy. You'll do terrific. Look forward to seeing how it goes and good luck. Because I don't live in San Luis Obispo, I knew I wouldn't be voting in the city council election. If I were, I probably would be voting for Andy because I think she'd make a terrific candidate. Or I was thinking at the time she would make a terrific candidate. And so after I sent off the email, I I think I went off on a run or something during my lunch hour. And during my run, I thought, you know, it's interesting. I've never I've never known anybody that had run for office. And because I do this podcast to learn about things I'm curious about, I thought, why not learn a little more about what it's like to run for office? So when I got back from my run, I emailed Andy again and said, hey, Andy, what would you think about me interviewing you during this process and kind of following the campaign to see how it goes. Andy responded back and said she thought it sounded like a great idea. So after a couple more emails, Andy and I decided that the day before she announced her candidacy to the community, we would meet for a little pre-announcement interview. And that's where this story begins. So Andy Peace, you are literally on the eve of announcing publicly (laughs) your candidacy for the San Luis Obispo City Council, and I'm wondering how you're feeling. I am uh, super excited, actually. I feel like it's been um, building up to this moment for a a few months, Um, so time to jump in and make it happen. You said it has been a couple months of thinking about it. Yeah, um, I've wanted to, it's actually been on my mind um, for some time, kind of waiting for the the right point in life. And uh, around December, I thought, okay, this is, you know, if I'm going to do it, this would be the timing to get going. So December was my go, no-go decision month. And I talked with a bunch of people and tried to map out if this was really going to make sense. And then January, you know, I... I'm just, it's like, okay, I'm doing this. What kind of people did you reach out to and, and what what advice were you looking for or information were you looking for? Yeah, uh, so some of it was just like, okay, what's the political landscape? Is this something that I could be successful in? Um, but also like I talked to uh, somebody who had been on, a few people who had been on city council or currently serve on city council and um, hearing kind of the pros and cons. And, you know, like one person was pretty um, maybe eh, maybe scarred is the right word. Mm-hmm. Just uh, enjoyed a lot of aspects, but at the same time, you know, felt like 
um, friendships start to get a little tenuous and, you know, you think you kind of know somebody and then when there's an issue, it, it shifts. So, um, so that was one of the hardest ones kind of coming out of that meeting and, and feeling like, oh my gosh, am I up for this? But, you know, within the hour, I was already like, okay, how do we do this? How you're, do we? You were feeling it again. I, I was feeling it again. Okay. And so, I mean, I feel like it was great for me to have some awareness of, of how it could turn out. In this next section, I ask Andy how she feels about running during an election year where there's a presidential election that's gotten extremely negative. And back in March, things were negative, but they weren't as bad as they would become. But really inside, I was wondering who would want to run for office of any kind when it's clear that politics has become so divisive and there's a lot of mudslinging going on, really nasty mudslinging going on. And I think Andy's answer is poignant and speaks to how she would proceed really for the rest of her campaign. It it definitely has that, although I feel um, so fortunate the city level makes a lot of sense to me because I think that cities actually have the agility and potential to to do some great things without that burden of of party politics that happens at the statewide and national level. So um, I, I think in some ways, even though you still see some of that us and them mentality, I think it's a lot less. I think you have have genuine potential to build bridges and That's get great. things done. What did your family think about your decision to run? Uh, you know, they're generally supportive. Um, <laughs> generally? <laughs> generally. I mean, they know it's going to take a bunch of time. Um, and it's it's totally, it's so outside of what they would want to be doing. So I have you know, one daughter who's in college. She's been very enthusiastic, but she's already out of the house. And then the um, my younger daughter is in 10th grade, and she's supportive. I mean, she's glad for me to be doing what I want to be doing. Mom's going to be a celebrity, a local celebrity. Doesn't care about that at all. Like, uh, she's, she's, you know, she'll be driving soon, and uh, she's, you know, she just doesn't want me to be, like, gone from her life. But um, otherwise, it's like, you, you go, Mom. <laughs> That's fantastic. Have you ever held office before? At any level? <laughs> yeah, high school. I was on the uh, student council. No, okay. But other than that, I've served on a lot of boards, so uh, nonprofit boards. So I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that. You know, I, I own a small business. I think you get a lot of experience from that. Um, I've been, you know, involved. The leadership class was really helpful in, in making a, um, uh, presenting a lot of complicated issues in mm-hmm. ways where you could see a lot of sides to things. So I think all of those things have built up to some some comfort. Like I, I think I could do I think this. You can do this. Yeah. So let's talk about the the this. Tell uh-huh. me about your announcement. I received an email from you, uh, a group email that you said, "Hey, I'm announcing my candidacy on Thursday," and I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that announcement and what what we have to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. Um, trying to figure out what's a how to announce and I decided that I wanted to announce at the um, Chamber of Commerce has a good morning slow um, every once a month and there's like 300 more than 300 people at these breakfasts and uh, so in some ways it's like being thrust onto a very big stage very early but I feel a lot of connection with the chamber because um, you know, I'm on the board there. I've been on involved in different committees a long time, and I think they have a lot of the same values as far as, 
you know, really valuing this community and making kind of balanced decisions. Um, so that's why I chose that. And then the um, evening before, which you were also, what was part of that email is that just to have with kind of friends and supporters, we're just having a little party um, the evening before. So it's going to be um, at a, a pizza beer place close by, and it's just going to be for fun. So just I'm excited about that. Getting yeah. your team Andy together. Yeah. And sort of cheer you up a little, cheer you on yeah. for, for the next day. Because I, t- I tell you, I mean, when I was getting ready to, you know, press send to do the announcement, I, man, I had, my stomach was in knots. It was hard. It's like, uh, oh God, no turning back now. Right, send. right. The hit send moment. I think it's a moment we can all relate to. You've read and reread the email, the request, the invitation, and then all that's left to do is hit send. It sounds easy, but it never is. Andy actually makes it look easy, and it's clear at this point that Andy has thought long and hard about this decision, and she has a hopeful vision for the rest of her campaign. I want the process itself to be positive, nourishing, productive, so whether I win or not in November, that the campaign experience accomplished something, brought people together, helped bring ideas out into the open, had conversations, have people feel like engaged and positive about the public governance process, you know? I think it's really exciting. You know, I go to city council meetings and I know people are like, oh my God, people talk forever. And that definitely happens, but man, I come out of those and go, what a cool thing that we do this. So I know that there's a lot of negativity and a lot of us and them and um and i and i hope as i come um kind of share my goals and values that it just nudges us back into you know we can we can disagree but do it well and still like each other and still have a have common goals of the good of the community as we were talking about before we got on the mic is that you had some thoughts about if others go through this and what what some what hearing the experience might do for them yeah i hope i hope that we can run this campaign in a way that's um, transparent and accessible so that if if other people want to run or feel scared uh, like oh i could never do that to maybe demystify some of that so that they that they could be comfortable because at some point I realized it's like having kids you know if you wait until you're really ready you will never have kids right (laughs) you're never really ready at some point you just got to jump in and say you know I'm gonna figure this out along the way and um, I'm asking you know for lots of help from folks and people have been really awesome and supportive and um, so hopefully we can do this thing together. Awesome. How do you think you're going to feel at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning? Oh, right. I'm going to be freaking nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> but I have uh, exactly two minutes, and they cut you off at two minutes, so I'm trying to go a little bit shorter. And um, uh, so i got to just memorize it and be, uh, be have it at a good clip. So I've, I've practiced a, a few dozen times. i got they- a few dozen more to go, and, and then I'll be ready, I hope. The next morning, I arrive at the chamber breakfast around 7 a.m., and as Andy predicted, there are about 300 other chamber members finding their seats and beginning to chat with each other. I can see lots of other leadership classmates arriving as well, and I'm assuming they're here to cheer Andy on. I eventually spot Andy, and we say a quick hello, and, well, 
Maybe it was my own excitement for her projecting, but she seemed a little nervous, and understandably so. There were quite a few agenda items before her announcement, so she'd have to wait before she got up and gave her speech. Eventually, it's Andy's turn to make her announcement. Quick note, because of the room acoustics, the audio in the recording is not great, but I felt it was important to capture this moment. So here's Andy after she steps up to the mic. Good morning. I'm Andy Keith. I love San Luis Obispo. My husband and I feel so fortunate to live here and work here and raise our family here. All of you have helped make this a great community, and you have inspired me to want to serve in a new way. I'd like to announce my candidacy for San Luis Obispo City Council. feel? Really exciting. It was um, uh, a a fabulous group. I was really ready for um, kind of a a slow response and people were super nice and a lot of applause and nice words and uh, I was uh, really uh, pumped up. Excited. I'm super excited. I can tell. For those of you listening, Andy has got a huge grin on her face and as she did while she was up doing her announcement. I'm curious, how did you sleep last night? I actually, I slept like a rock. We had a, that little party with our friends, and um, it was nice to have that early support. And so, yeah, I slept really well, and then I woke up this morning, just kind of bounced out of bed, like, okay, this is it. Um, I did practice that, you know, the speech is less than two minutes, and I probably practiced it 40 times. Uh, so I, w- I felt ready. You just never know, though. You never know if you're going to choke up there, so it was good. You've made your announcement, and uh, I watched as uh, you had people come running up to you. And and what are people saying? How are they reacting? People are being really supportive. They're uh, grateful, honestly. A lot of people know that it's important work, and that's not a good match for them. So they're glad that somebody else is stepping up to do this. And I'm excited. I'm, uh, I know it's going to be really hard, if, uh, both campaigning and if I'm fortunate enough to be elected. 
but it's a good match for me. So uh, people are being very nice about it. That's fantastic. So did it feel like it re even even just announcing and having people come up? Did it feel like it reinforced your decision to to run a campaign? It reinforced it, and as I was up there. I wanted to um, set a tone of um, a positive tone moving forward. I think there's so much negativity in politics, and we, you know, we started to talk about this. Is that I think um, during this campaign, I want the campaign itself to be a positive process for people to feel good about local government and being a part of this and engagement. So it's not just a, a negative. Bad things are happening. I'm I'm very hopeful, and I hope that gets communicated. What's next on the agenda as you move forward into the beginning of this campaign? So over the next few months, it's going to be a little bit more of a quiet stage again where I'm just meeting with a lot of individuals, uh, getting information. There's, there's a lot of complicated issues, and so I want to make sure that I'm up to speed and talking and getting all kinds of viewpoints. So that's going to be a lot of it. Um, and then starting to gear up for the summer where it heats up um, with, you know, signs and forums and viewpoints and letters and all of those kinds of things. After her announcement, Andy's run for office begins in earnest. By this time, she'd already assembled a campaign team, and she begins weekly meetings that will last all the way through the election. By late summer, Andy's campaign has become much more visible. There's a website, a Facebook page, and lawn signs all around town. Of course, there's also mailers and emails asking for donations to the campaign. I rejoin Andy at the first candidate's forum. The forum is more like candidate speed dating than an actual debate. After introducing themselves, candidates rotate from table to table to speak with and answer questions from community members that have attended. All right, well, Andy just came walking up to me. She's got sandwich in hand, a croissant. What, you, what kind of sandwich are you eating, Andy? Uh, it's just a, it's a cheese sandwich. I'm feeling a little bit hungry, but I don't want to have too much before the, uh, the presentation's here. That's probably a good idea. How's your stomach? Yeah, it's a little it's a little flippy floppy. Yeah, yeah. So is this the first forum that you've done? That's correct. So this is the first time that all candidates have been together in the same room. So what what message are you hoping to get across today? I'd like to be uh, approachable, prepared, knowledgeable, so that people trust that what I'm saying now for specific issues is also uh, a good process I'd use in the future. And it's been a little while since we last talked because you had announced your candidacy and uh, you said, hey, let's wait till we get a little closer to fall as, as the race starts picking up. And over the summer, I know you uh, did a few more things to prepare. So how'd the summer go for you? It's been super busy and I've had, uh, I think I've counted maybe 120 different meetings and conversations with people. So it's been a lot of uh, getting up to speed. And it's uh, it, the race is crowded now, which is uh, exciting that there are six of us for two spots. So you definitely, uh, I'm more aware of trying to get my message out. Do you feel like you've had a chance to not, not so much polish your message, but to refine it and, and um, you're able to articulate your message better? Yeah, well put. I'm definitely uh, being able to find some more clarity in what I'm trying to communicate. Some issues I knew conceptually, and I know a lot more of the details now, so that's helpful. And, and, and there are other positions that really have evolved. So that's been exciting and helpful, I think. Uh, and I think they're going to continue to evolve as more voices uh, are heard. Though she admits to some nerves, I can see that since she announced her run for city council, Andy, the candidate, has clearly emerged. And this comes through in her introduction. Thank you. Thank you to the chamber and for all of you for being here. 
Uh, it's been uh, just about six months since I announced my candidacy for City Council at Good Morning Slow. I've been so grateful for all of the support that I've received. Many, many thoughtful conversations, sage advice, words of encouragement. It's really outstanding. And, and for me, this business community is unlike any other. It is, uh, we know that we want to be successful in our businesses, and not just because we want to make a buck, but because we love living here. And we know that a, a healthy business environment is the cornerstone of a great quality of life for everyone. So I'm grateful for that. I'm, uh, my, I've lived here 20 years. My husband and I moved here, and we have two teenage daughters. I'm a green building architect, and I have a small business located downtown. I've had lots of community involvement. I've been on uh, many boards. I've co-founded Slow Green Build. After introductions and instructions on how the form will go, all the candidates head off to their first tables. When Andy arrives to our table, she's relaxed, seems pretty happy and ready to go. And there's a little bit of small talk, kind of like the whole first date thing, and perhaps as speed dating would go. I wouldn't know. I've never done that, but I've seen a few sitcoms, so I can imagine. I do come here first. Wow. <laughs> Did you all meet my husband? <laughs> Hey, he's been following my, my in, in the life if, of a candidate. It's, not, it's totally okay. Okay, thank you. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being our first person. Thank you. As we all get settled in, the moderator begins and asks if anyone has any questions. Because I'm not real good with awkward silences. I go ahead and jump in with the first question. Recently, a friend of mine who lives in Slow was stuck in traffic. And uh, she said, like she posted on Instagram, like it was, I think it was maybe Labor Day weekend, and she said, stop sharing Slow. Like, you know, that the, we have a chamber house to share Slow, which is a kind of a fun um, campaign to, uh, to get, you know, folks to come check us out. So where do you see kind of the balance between keeping businesses vibrant and also keeping slow for the people who live here and, and don't want to be stuck in traffic every weekend. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, no, it's a great um, it's a great question because it is something that does impact so much. We have over 30,000 people that commute into our city every day. So, so the, the crux of that problem is this jobs housing imbalance. Uh, yes, there are tourism as part of it, but I think the part that we can get at is um, is trying to reset the jobs housing aspect of it. So we'd like to see I'd like to see more um, housing options so that there's more affordable housing and affordable by design. So smaller, um, more shared amenities, more options in price ranges. So that'll help some of those commuters be able to actually um, rent and buy in town. Uh, we also need to be strategic in our uh, jobs growth. I think that there was a... I'm know, sure I'm biased about this, but Andy's answers come across as thoughtful, clear, smart, and polished, but not rehearsed. And while stopping short of trying to communicate that she is the only candidate with the only answer, she clearly demonstrates her grasp of the issues and her commitment to finding consensus on the solutions. Yeah, at Cuesta. As Cuesta's enrollment has grown, we can't ignore that they have zero housing. So I, I do hope that we, and, and Cal Poly does have in their master plan, they're committed to um, housing 60% of their students on campus. So we do need to part with, partner with them. 
percentage? Uh, 40. Uh, no, 30, 32 right now, and then so when the freshmen are on, it'll be 40. 40. Yeah. Our time with Andy is short, and when it's done, I can't quite tell what the others at the table feel about her performance. Mostly there were smiles and some nodding heads, but I think everybody was keeping their cards pretty close to their chest. With only about five minutes with each candidate, we don't get a whole lot of time to discuss real deep into the issues. All right. It's going to take us a Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Absolutely. Yeah, let's throw that one away. Okay. Do you know where I go next? When Andy gives her closing remarks, I'm struck by how relaxed she seems now that the speed dating portion of the forum is concluded. Her message remains clear direct, and especially positive. I hear for the first time a genuine sense of excitement about what this position could mean. Thank you so much for the uh, great questions and conversations. I, uh, my approach in general is, uh, is one of balance. We do need a healthy economy, environmental stewardship, and livable community. I believe in local government. Local government is, is the way for people to be engaged and involved in their community and decision making. And local government can be responsive and agile and creative and come up with solutions that, that ripple beyond our community when we have those great ideas. Uh, we need a council that is fiscally responsible, that listens to people, that honors our shared past and plans courageously for the future. I'm excited about that future, and I'd be honored to serve on the council. After the forum has concluded, I spot a friend of mine named Ron Eukelson. Ron is an executive at a local hospital, and he's here today as one of the table moderators. I have no idea if he's a fan of Andy's or not, but I go ahead and ask him how he thought Andy and the other candidates did. Everybody answer their questions very succinctly, uh, very, I think, transparently, and uh, did really a really outstanding job. Were there consistent themes that kept coming up with each candidate? Every, every candidate at our table was asked about affordable housing, uh, many of the candidates were asked about the self-help county. And so um, I'm doing this sort of documentary about Andy's candidacy, and I'm wondering if you can talk to me about how you thought Andy did. Uh, well, I'll tell you my bias to start off with. Uh, I was very excited when Andy uh, uh, put her hat in the ring for city council. I uh, believed prior to this and after uh, everybody's interview as well that she is the best candidate for city council, offers us the best hope for a bright future, and will be the most effective city council person of those who are running today. If Ron is in any way representative of other voters in this election, and I think he might be, Andy's campaign sounds like they're in good shape. Ron's answers sound like they could have been taken directly from Andy's campaign website. Andy offers us the perspective of a young family, of a private business owner, and as a longtime resident, and sees things through a lens that very much agrees with my filters. And if, if you were giving Andy any piece of advice based on what you saw today, pro or con, what, what, do you, what did you see that, that maybe you would, you would say, hey, next time, try this? Actually, Andy acquitted herself exceedingly well. She answered the questions that were posed to her. She did not uh, do anything but answer them very straightforward, didn't hesitate. She's very uh, confident in her answers, and that's what we need in a candidate for city council. Awesome. Ron, thanks for your time. Thank you, Jason. Next up, I find Andy's husband, Frank, who had actually been sitting at my table and was participating just like any other community member. I, I tried. Andy came over and, and gave me a big kiss uh, right as she sat down at our table. I was trying to lay low, 
and not, you know, feed her some easy questions, but uh, she blew my cover, so. <laughs> Talking to Frank, it's obvious that he's proud and supportive of Andy and that her decision to run for city council was not some spur-of-the-moment decision. It's been something she and they saw coming for quite some time. Well, I've known for years that this is something that Andy would be um, both very interested in doing and uniquely capable of doing. Um, I think part of the decision-making process for Andy revolved around the time of life in our family uh, that, that this happened to coincide with. So we've got a, uh, our younger daughter is currently a junior in high school, and I think the real question was not if but when and if it made more sense to wait until Jen was out of the house. And I think, uh, as it turns out, I think she made a terrific decision to um, to kind of lead by example, if you will, and, um, and run for office. So uh, during a time in which our daughter would be watching this all unfold and kind of seeing how strong her, you know, and innovative and, and smart her mom is. So I, I think it's worked out really beautifully, so this point, what you can't hear or see is that Andy is standing off to Frank's side, looking up and actually wiping a tear from her eye. So I ask Andy what role Frank has played in her campaign. Yeah, Frank's been really wonderfully supportive. And uh, and I think his support role, he asked me every now and then, like, should I be precinct walking with you? I'm like, no, Frank, you know, I, I drag him to a few things, uh, events, uh, when it's good to have him there. But otherwise, I let him kind of be our household anchor in a lot of ways. So we do have a, a daughter at home. So for him to be more present. And actually, I mean, it's been interesting for me because um, this is most that I've worked. I mean, I'm working full time between my regular job and this. And so I find that as, as I, my home time is more focused. When I'm home, I'm home, I'm with my daughter, I'm with my family, and there's not as many distractions. And then I do, you know, step aside and do work. So there's not as much, uh, there's just more clarity about my, how I'm spending my time. This forum was the first time all the candidates had been in the same room at the same time. So I ask Andy how she's feeling about the competition. I've been thinking about this a lot. There is not a dud in the bunch. All six city council candidates are um, committed, hardworking, interesting, engaged individuals. Uh, we have a big age span. Age, you know, youngest is 22 and the oldest is 67 and everything in between. We have, you know, retired to student to working full-time to working part-time. Some business owners, some, you know, uh, just employees or whatever. So a whole range of life experience that everybody is bringing to it. And, and a lot of good ideas. I have different approach. I think, I think one of the strengths that I have is a really good mix of um, life experience and professional organizational experience and a, a broad perspective of being here you know 20 years but also being in other settings as well so I think that's one of my strengths but honestly if um, if I'm not the winner up there there's really uh, I don't think anybody is gonna you know sink the ship as it were you know as Andy continues, she describes the hectic pace of the next two months of the campaign. There'll be more forums, more meetings, more times with the media, interviews, questionnaires, meeting with groups, community members, all of which she welcomes, but definitely it begins to take its toll. I ask if she has any doubts about the rest of the campaign. Um, you know, it's a, it's a super fair question. I have had, um, I still think that I would do a really good job. 
the fact that there are other people running who would also do a good job does make me um, both put on the pressure in that how do I differentiate myself, but also can kind of relax because, you know, the most that I can do is, is put myself out there and, um, and let people decide what makes sense for them and what their goals are for the city. So, so there is a certain um, intensity in trying to communicate um, trying not to be competitive, right? It's like, oh, that person has a video out. I don't have a video, or, you know, I like how they did their sign, or whatever it is. You know, uh, there's that uh, a little bit of a competition that shows up, which is not my uh, favorite side of myself. So, Hi, I'm Mike Clark, a resident. When elected, my top priority on the city council will be the repeal of the. My top priority serving on the city council would be. One of my top priorities would be to. My top priority serving on city council. My top priority serving on city council. My top priority for the city council is housing, affordability, housing options. I think it's a matter of um, being able to include all the people in our city that we want to include so that the teachers and artists and young families and our parents uh, and our adult children when they come back to the city have an opportunity to have a place to live. By the time fall arrives, Andy has received the endorsements of both the Democratic Party and the local paper, the Tribune. With the weather cooling and a light drizzle outside, I meet up with Andy at a local coffee shop to find out how things are going into the home stretch of the campaign. Yeah, torn between getting some food and my favorite chai tea latte. That's what I usually, uh, it's cold enough outside. I think I'll do a, a chai. Yeah, it appears fall has arrived. Yeah, I might get a mocha. A little late in the day for me, but we'll see. How about it'll be my treat? Is there any conflict there? Uh, th- who knows? I, there, there could be, so I'll just go ahead and get my... But I, actually, I, I, don't, I won't vote for you. I can't vote okay. for St. Louis because I don't live there, so I think you're okay. Do you own a business or anything in town? N- no, I don't, other than this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I, yeah, are you making any money off of that? <laughs> Definitely not any money off it yet. Hi, we're, I'm just I'm recording a podcast with her, so um, I'm just don't mind us. <laughs> Hi, can I, can I get can I get a chai tea latte, please? Yeah, you want to do it for here or to go for here, please? All right. I'll get a mocha. All right. And can I get a name for the order? Andy. Andy. When we were in line waiting to order our drinks, I watched Andy check her phone several times, and then as we go to get seated, she checked several more times. I can see she's got some concern on her face. She lets me know that she needs to leave her phone on because there's a bit of campaign material drama. So we have uh, we had a little bit of uh, drama. Yeah, I guess that was just this morning in that we have a mailer that we want to get out. And the young woman who was helping us with the mailer is also a Cal Poly student. And I got the information to her a little late. And then by the time she got it, she got slammed with work and school. So suddenly there's this panic to try to get into the timeline to get a mailer out. And we don't have a layout. So um, so there's a guy, you know, a guy who knows a guy <laughs> who's doing the layout of this mailer. It's like a five by eight postcard kind of thing and uh, so he's um, he's getting it done and he's supposed to be done any moment and then I have to proof it and or change it and so that's that's where I am so with something like that is that is that the kind of thing that's keeping you up at night Um, you know how are you doing how are you feeling at this stage of the game I think we're 26 days out from the election 
and I'm sure I know you know the when people start their early voting. When has that started yet? Yeah. So the first of the mail-in ballots was out um, October 10th. Uh, so yeah. So mail people could be going by mail already. So it's definitely the countdown. The longer we wait, the fewer people we catch. But at the same time, a lot of people are only just now, start now that they have a sample ballot, are starting to look at it. So it's kind of a, a next round of, um, of people taking a look and wondering, like, gosh, who do I vote for? Or maybe because there's two spots open, they know one but don't know the other. So there's definitely a lot of outreach still to do. And as far as the things that you said, you know, there's some drama here. And as we were planning to meet up tonight, you said, well, we could either go to Bayo Mundo, which is where we're at, which is a coffee shop, or we could go to Blast Tap Room to get a beer. And I'm, I'm wondering if the beer option was an indicator of kind of how you're feeling at this stage of the game. Uh, Yes, I definitely um, enjoy at the end of the chaos to be able to have a beer or a glass of wine uh, in the evenings. You know, at some point you just got to say, stop, this is enough for one night and I'm just going to chill and actually watch late night TV or something like that. So it's good. Have you had a lot of late nights? Mm, Some late nights uh, and some ways just trying to juggle having enough family time. But honestly, I, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job of of differentiating so like last week I missed a meeting that I wasn't really I didn't have to go to it would have been good if I had gone but my husband already had something going on and so I wanted to you know we have a 16 year old at home so I wanted to be home with her and you know not that she quote needs me there but it's nice to be available so you know I figure gosh if I don't win because of that that's okay because that's kind of that's a um a lifestyle I can live with. Knowing that Andy is now a seasoned campaign veteran, I ask her what she's learned about communicating her message with the public. I have learned, I mean, one, I'm getting better about um, getting my positions into a very short period of time, you know, because there is a certain amount of clarity that I've been able to gain just talking with people and can kind of give a good answer to the questions that are asked repeatedly. Interestingly, so last week, maybe two weeks ago, was the candidate forum um, that was televised and host and moderated by the League of Women Voters, and there were you know, uh, I don't know, a hundred people in the room. I mean, it was a you know, a, and, and then and it's recorded and plays all the time, so it was kind of a big deal. The very last question that was asked was um, every. All the other questions you got a minute and a half to answer. So there's all eight of us up there, and they rotate who starts the answers. So the question was, we only have time for one last question, and it's a yes or no only, no discussion. And the way they worded the question, it was about the rental inspection ordinance. But they asked, would you sign the petition to repeal the ordinance, yes or no? Well, I'm against the ordinance, but I didn't want to do it through that petition process. So so the le- what I learned about myself was just my frustration with a black or white binary kind of um, government process, debate process, that d- I didn't feel really captured what the... Um, the nuances of an issue, right? So, so when I asked the moderator, I said, oh, I don't think that's a really, you know, yes or no. And she said, that's what it is, yes or no. So I kind of made a face and said, no. And then, and then in the closing remarks, all of us, you know, made what our comments was. Because some said yes, some said no, but our positions are actually really similar anyway. 
Yeah, so it seems like what you're saying is that you're through the campaign, you're having, in a good way, having to shorten up your answers and make them tight and concise. Um, but perhaps there's some limitations to how much uh, you can do that. Right, right. There's only so far you can go. And I think the, you know, I mean, our, our, the issues that we have in the city that we can address are complicated. There's, there's very few that have a, a simple answer, right? I mean, if they were simple, they'd already be in place and they wouldn't be an issue. So there's all these positions. And I really want to honor a lot of perspectives. So there's not, um, there's not a right or wrong. So to be able to appreciate where, like, that particular ordinance, like, I know there were problems, and that's why the ordinance came into place in the first place. And at the same time, the way it was done was maybe not successful in some areas and in others. So, you know, to be able to address the concerns, it's, it's tricky. Andy is bright, articulate, and very approachable. You can probably tell by now that when she speaks, a smile or a laugh almost always punctuates her sentences. I think to myself, who wouldn't vote for her? So I ask her how it's been when she encounters voters who don't agree with her. Yeah, it, it does come up. Just the other day, I was at a meet and greet, and a gentleman, um, we were talking about water supply, and that's an issue that he knows a whole lot about and um, and is really concerned about. And so for me to share my opinions. Um, and, and so I think it was a good process on both our parts in that um, one was just kind of comparing our facts. Are we agreeing on the same data? Um, and in general, we were. So then there's just some interpretation of, you know, worst case scenario, best case scenario, those types of things. So I feel like um, I... I was able to hold my ground and still respect where he was coming from. It would be interesting to know how he felt about it. If he, you know, if he was um, discouraged that I, that I wasn't won over by his um, point of view. Um, but I didn't feel like it ever got confrontational in that way. It, so in that particular one, I, I guess, um, and then walking door to door, somebody that I um, a friend who's walking with me, uh, I guess he got a couple of times where somebody kind of closed the door on his face, like had no interest in it. So I don't know if that just somebody who didn't want people knocking on their door or had something against me. I don't know. Um, but in general, people have been very friendly, you know, appreciate. And even if they don't agree with me, like one woman um, said I, that she appreciated I don't think she's voting for me, but she said that she appreciated that I was giving honest answers, even if it cost votes. So I thought that was fair. Yeah. Um, the idea that someone isn't voting for you. <laughs> Going into the election, did you have this idea of, I'll, I'll convince everybody. You know, I've got such great ideas. And, you know, where you know, when you hear when people flat out say, hey... I'm just not going to vote for you because I like this person better. How's that feel? Yeah, there was a little bit of adjustment, honestly. It's like, what? Everybody's not going to agree with me? Um, but, yes, I have come to terms with that pretty quickly. Uh, well, I don't know if that's quickly or not, but over the months I definitely um, – and have not just come to accept it but kind of embrace it in a way because I think it really does reflect that there are these – 
valid opinions that just are different from mine. So it gives me pause. Like if somebody says, oh, I'm not going to vote for you. It, I think it gives me a, an opportunity to, to kind of slip into their shoes for a minute and see, oh, what is it that they, you know, that they care about? So assuming that they're not just coming from a, you know, angry daggers kind of um, whatever, I don't know, like a party affiliation type of thing. But, it, but when they're thoughtful and they listen to what I have to say and, and aren't, you know, and don't want to go that direction, it, it does. It gives me a chance to kind of reflect. Have there been any moments during the campaign that you wish you could do over? <laughs> I would have started the mailer sooner. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, you know, overall, wow, you know, everything has really been a learning process. If I, you know, if I run for something again, I, I definitely have a, a better head start. One thing I really wish that I had done better was, uh, especially when something is being videotaped, I wish I had been more rehearsed. I think at some point I felt like, oh, it's more honest to be off the cuff. But in truth, having a um, scripted, memorized um, closing statement, opening statement that is always there in your back pocket, even if you vary it, it's it's good to make sure that you consistently capture because what I think I was trying to change it up because oh gosh this is my fifth forum well even I don't I shouldn't care if the other five candidates have heard my stump speech the people out in the audience haven't and they need to because that's I only get two minutes and a lot of times that's what's videotaped and recorded so um, so that would be something I would do uh, differently and I'm trying to it's a little late now most of the forums are done but I'm trying to remember that where does that fall for you in terms of just you know, repeating the talking points, but still um, being who you are. Right. Yeah. Being who I am, being authentic, being, you know, fresh, being sincere as I'm communicating, especially with people one-on-one. That's very easy to be sincere and not feel like I'm, you know, going by rote. And there's enough things to, you know, enough topics to um, rotate through, as it were. So, so in general, on the small scale, I think that's been fine. I, you know, honestly, these folks who have super long candidacies, uh, yeah, and a gazillion speeches, and it's full-time, oh, I'm sure that would, it, it gives me a tiny glimpse into what it must take to run for a, you know, a bigger office that has, like, some real magnitude and campaigning is full-time. I mean, it must be really hard. You, you end up being a, an actor a lot of the time, I would imagine. So thankfully, it hasn't been too bad at this scale. Andy's been campaigning now for about six months. She still has tons of energy, but I get a sense she's beginning to fatigue just a bit. So I ask her how her energy's holding up. Pretty pretty well. We're doing all right. I'd, I'd say if I, if I feel like I'm uh, starting to sag a little, I've got a, a couple different... Uh, paths. The first is the, like, take a break, you know, go sit down, be done for the night, take a night off. Um, so that's helpful. And then, and then the other is just to kind of embrace the process, you know, it's pretty neat what we're doing. When you, when you back, kind of back out of it just a little and look, it's like, wow, I'm running for office, you know, it's like, wow, democracy in action. We got all these people involved and it's, it's a neat, it's neat. In all this time I've been talking to Andy, I realize there's one question that I haven't asked her yet. Do you think you're going to win? And so when I do ask her, she seems to be taken aback a little bit, 
like she really hasn't thought about it lately? Oh, that is a tough question. I don't know. I really don't. There are six of us running for two spots, so I can't really bank on it. I think I have um, a pretty good chance uh, because of the support and an early start and, and those types of things. But it's a big city, and there's just a lot of people who don't know a, a thing about me yet. So I feel like I've got a lot of work left to do over the next uh, four weeks. and local campaigns, social media has changed the way candidates communicate with the voters. A website and Facebook page are standard practice these days. But even with social media, good old-fashioned precinct walking is still the tried-and-true tradition all good candidates must adhere to. And so, on a cool Sunday afternoon, two nights before the election, I walk with Andy and her friend Deborah Clear as they go door to door looking for votes. Oh, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, people are a lot of folks have you know already voted and uh, might uh, share wh- who they're voting for. Sometimes it's for me. Uh, although I did just have a home that had a, um, a sign for who they wanted for president, and so when they asked, I you know came up and said I'm running for city council, and and she said, oh well, who are you supporting for president? And I said, well, it's a nonpartisan race, and um, and she says, yeah, but who are you supporting? <laughs> so when I told her she said oh well then handed me back my card and said well then that's not going to work at all so goodbye and it's like oh, it's just interesting to be labeled for something that is really has little relevancy for the uh, local uh, policies deborah can i ask you a couple questions sure. how did uh, how did you decide to come out here and and help andy out I've seen Andy in a bunch of leadership roles, and she's somebody. She's a role model for me, and local politics make, makes a difference. I think um, it's my refuge right now in election season to be able to look locally and think we can make a difference right here with people that we like and trust who are going to make a difference right here in our own community. So for me, it's my uh, antidote to the national scene. That sounds pretty good. So what have, what have you seen and heard as you've gone around the neighborhoods with Andy and, and uh, that maybe has surprised you? Well, this is only my second time walking for Andy. Um, and generally people are really receptive. When, you're say, when you say you're here uh, to talk about city council, you, you don't get a lot of really tough questions. At least I don't. Um, maybe Andy gets tougher questions than I do. But for the most part, people are just really congenial. And I've had a couple of people say, where is she on growth? And um, when I answer one way or another or give some kind of an answer, they'll uh, sometimes be really, you know, definitive about uh, not wanting San Luis to grow at all and everything to stay the same. And so that's about the most polarized answers I've had. But for the most part, people are really willing to talk about the issues. And as friends, have you guys had discussed any of the issues where you differed? No. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to leave it at that. I mean, curiously, no. I mean, I think... We're pretty much absolutely aligned on the issues, at least as I understand them. My my understanding is pretty rudimentary compared to Andy's. And have you already done your ballot? Yes. Cool. When did you turn it in? I mailed it three days ago. Did you take a selfie with it and send it to Andy? (laughs) I should have. I wish I'd thought of that, Jason. What did the sign at that last house say? 
It said no soliciting, which I always honor, but it said no soliciting unless you sell thin mints. I respect that. How many days have you done neighborhood canvassing? Uh, it's been pretty steady, a couple days, uh, every weekend for maybe two months. And we've ordered, I know, we. Um, the, this is our very last stack of cards, and we've ordered 4,000. So between me and my friends, we have hit on 4,000 residences. But there's like 22,000 in the city, so we just, you know, don't even have a dent. You've got a lot to do in the next two days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, you kind of you get to peace with uh, you're not going to be able to hit them all. So hopefully people are wearing their t-shirts. <laughs> Reasons other than my uh, good friend Courtney Kino told me to vote, <laughs> and I trusted her. <laughs> so we just uh, approached the house, and and mom is out in the street with uh, three of her kids here, I guess. Yes, and uh, can you tell me your name? Laura Beth. And uh, as Andy went to hand you a card, you said you've already voted and you voted for Andy. Yes, I did. So you did absentee ballot? I did. About how long ago? Uh, I turned it in last Tuesday. Cool. And and you said you, you had a pretty specific reason why you voted for Andy. Perhaps, perhaps not real scientific, but... Right. Not very scientific, but I have a good friend who's very active in city council uh, meetings and such, and she advised me. I trust her because she knows a lot about the city and a lot about um, politics, and I don't, so... Cool. Well, I appreciate you talking to us. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so when you hear from a perfect stranger, you meet on the street and they said they've already voted for you, how's that feel? Amazing. It's like so great. I so appreciate hearing that. And also, I mean, either people who um, referred, you know, that she knows somebody who said great things, that's awesome. Or when somebody um, just went online and looked at all the candidates and decided to vote for me, that's incredibly rewarding. And you saw one of her t-shirts. How did you uh, uh, decide upon, and it's a t-shirt, it's one of your Andy Peace for City Council shirts. It's kind of a, I would say a pumpkin or a burnt orange color. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's, a, it's around a wire frame or, of some sort. Right. How, how did you decide on that as your, as your lawn display rather than the, the traditional uh, one foot by, you know, 24 inch sign? Well, our original plan was just to find a lawn sign that we could recycle because so many of them end up in the landfill. And the more that um, we did research, my friend John on the team did about, he talked to integrated waste management and basically all the signs that are out there because of their coatings can't be recycled. So we thought, okay, well, what about something you, we could reuse? And we talked about bags, but then the print would be upside down. And so I, I think we're giving credit to John for in that brainstorming session, like how about a shirt and we just slip it up and it's like, brilliant. So, so yeah, so now we, people can either wear them or put them on the frames and use them as lawn signs. Four high school girls uh, walked for me today. Uh, the government class at Slow High needs a certain amount of hours logged on a campaign. So, uh, so I went into their government class a couple of weeks ago and I said, hey, this is what I'm about. And, uh, and you know, my daughter still goes to high school there and an older one graduated from there. So uh, a few of them ended up signing up to hand out cards and they had a really good time. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to have them. Oh, here's Deborah. Oh, let me get that. Hey, Deborah. At this point in the walk, Deborah and Andy had already split up to cover more ground. Deborah is calling in with a hot tip about two women who are filling out their ballots right now on their porch, and that I really should get over there and talk with them. And her friend, and then 
they're both very much Andy P supporters. <laughs> so I just I wondered if it would make good audio for for the webcast for Jason. Oh, oh, to like go up and see them actually voting. They're doing their ballot right yeah, now. Yeah, just just go say hi to them or whatever. So I, it's just a thought, Andy. I just figured I'd put a bug in your ear. They're wood circle or whatever that one is down there. Okay, well, okay. okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That's perfect. So she's she's booking interviews for us now. <laughs> yes, she is. She's very clever trying to uh, get you some diversity in the, uh, the voicing there. I leave Andy and go try to find the two women filling out their ballots. When I arrive, there's a long discussion about whether they'll have anything worthy to say. They're adamant that they really don't want to talk, quote, on the air. They proceed then to start talking about everything they say they won't want to talk about. I somehow am able to convince them to let me ask them a few questions while we're recording. Okay, your name is? I'm Kathy Settle, and I'm the uh, wife of uh, former mayor of San Luis Obispo, Alan Settle. So I've been involved in city politics for a long time. So, Very good. And do you want to be a concerned citizen, or do you want your name? I'm a concerned citizen, and I was her neighbor and friend, and she's my mentor for going into t- teaching. And now I won't have any words to say. No, no. So I, so I, I found the two ladies, and, and um, uh, sitting on the porch, and you're both filling out your, your voters' ballots, and uh, we're kind of looking off into the sunset here just to give people an idea. And um, I'm just wondering how you're, how you're feeling. You were just describing a little bit of how you're feeling about the election in general. Well, my problem with the election in general is that uh, there's been so much negativity involved in this election. When you watch commercials on TV, there might be a grain of truth, but it's uh, so um, stretched out of proportion. And so, um, for instance... uh, Uh, Carbajal is accused of changing his mind on certain issues. My husband used to have that same problem, and they called him wishy-washy. The people who support you think, well, at least he thought it through, and he changed his mind. But the but the opposition says, oh well, you know that's what what uh, career politicians do. No, that's not what career politicians do. Thinking politicians think things through, and have the option to change their mind. So um, from the top down, it's been the most negative campaign that uh, I've witnessed in the last 45 years. And so it's, it's very sad that people have such a negative feeling about voting, which is important for all of us to do, and that um, concepts and ideas are stretched in such a way that the average voter doesn't really know what to vote for because they think what they're hearing is the truth and it, it, isn't, it isn't necessarily the truth. And so from all, all the way down, I think that's been the problem with this. And, and yet you're still here with your ballot. You're both filling it out. So what what brings you back either year after year or every four years to the ballot? Well, you can't complain about what's going on unless you make your vote. And I strongly believe in voting. And I strongly believe that you need to express yourself, uh, your opinions. Um, The hardest part, though, is educating the public on what the truth is. And there's a lot of people who 
don't take the time to look into the different um, propositions and the different candidates. My husband's a political scientist, and so, you know, I, I am inundated with this all the time. But I truly believe that uh, we have the right to vote. We want don't want to be what, like third world countries where we were told what to do. I think we need to express our opinions on what we want, and I think... Uh, we have the right to vote, and I think we should always vote. To that end, and you talked about the negativity of, of this election in particular, and um, my friend Andy Peace, who's going around door to door and doing her canvassing as, as a good as any candidate should, yes. um, with all the negativity in, in your experience, what advice would you have were, if Andy were to win once she gets into office to deal with uh, differing in opinions and... and um, different needs and wants from uh, community members and the public? Well, the first thing is for both the husband and the wife is to develop a, a hard skin. You know, don't take whatever people say personally, but do your homework, look into the different um, uh, votes that you have to make and um, do your best to do your homework and then make a decision. Don't second guess yourself, make the decision. There may come a time when you have to change your vote and somebody will criticize you. Don't listen to them. Do what's in your heart. And, you know, if you do your homework and you listen to the people and you talk to them and you're respectful to them, then um, you will be successful at your job. Communication is really an issue unless we can communicate fully. So say more about that, We, if we can communicate and how, how do we need to do that better as, as people, as a society? We need to listen and we need to talk. We need to write letters, the old snail mail or on the internet. Whatever works, or we get, or we get help from friends when we're filling out our ballots, right? The children, <laughs> the children are so negative now because of, of the kind of communication that we're getting, which is not good communication. He said, she said, and it's not substantiated with this negative campaign that we've had not so much locally at the city level but but kind of on a national level it's been a, it's been a well, the state the, the assembly, state, too, state as well sure yes has, has been uh, more negative than it's been in a long time but again um you kind of have to get past all that and look at what you believe in and the person you think will best represent your thoughts and your ideas and and vote for them and be positive about it because... Um, I don't think it necessarily goes down party lines. I think it depends on the person. And so as as you're putting your votes down, how does that leave you feeling? Does it feel good to, to fill it out? Oh, yes. Good. Yeah, I've already, I've already deposited my vote down at the county courthouse. And so when I look at people, you know, passing out things or things can be on, I go done that, already taken care of that. I haven't been as stressed out about this election as other people have. I think it's because I've been through so many elections personally that I've learned to just go with the flow. And um, so you can. you can, yeah, exactly. So Good. any final thoughts? Vote. <laughs> yes, everybody Always. get out and vote. And, and uh, but if your side doesn't win, you don't need to do anything drastic. Just know that you have a chance to vote again at another election. And if you want to get your ideas out, you need to work at it. blessed with that opportunity. Yes. Thank you both so much. I appreciate it.
One reason the women were hesitant to be interviewed was that one of the women, the one who didn't give her name, had experienced a recent loss in her life and had understandably been left somewhat scatterbrained. It would have been easy for her to ignore the elections and just process her grief, but they were important to her, and so she asked her friend for help. I walk away somehow more inspired, not only by our democratic process, but by the humanity of this moment, a moment of thoughtful caring, support, and decision-making. It's been easy to be cynical about the elections this season, but with these women, I see that elections matter because people like them care about the outcomes. Next, just as I'm feeling inspired, I catch up with Andy as she's walking away from a doorstep of a woman who could definitely use a ballot coach herself. So Andy, I could hear a little bit of that conversation. Um, tell me about uh, that, that door. Well, it was an older woman, and uh, she said that she hasn't voted yet. And then she was asking if I had like a sample ballot. And so I don't. I was like, "Are you a registered?" Vo-? She's like, "Oh, I don't have anything." I was like, "Are you a registered voter?" And she goes, "Well, yeah, I've, you know, I should. I think so." So I gave her the um, uh, contact information for the county clerk. I, um, but yeah, the day before the uh, election is a tough time to figure out if you're a registered voter or not. Yeah, yeah. And then we, and then we had a little bit of a chat about um, the uh, head of the ticket. And she's like, yeah, it might be nice to have a woman in the, you know, and then she's, you know, with Secretary of State. So I think she has some good experience. And yeah, it was, it was nice. I like talking with her. So that, too, is what our democracy is. Sometimes we have a friend who can help us with our ballot, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes, we don't even know if we're registered to vote. Andy and Deborah continue on their campaign walk, knocking on doors as it begins to get dark, this final night of campaigning. So you know exactly how many So I ordered 2,000, and then I ordered 2,000 more, and then I ordered, it was just last week, I was like, okay, let me get one more thousand and see if we can go through them. I was worried we wouldn't go through them, but with those high school students today, it really helped. So adorable and kicking myself for not taking a photo of them. They were so cute. They were so enthusiastic. When you win, you can go back to their class. There you go and say thank you. So we've just finished about about an hour and a half of uh, walking around neighborhoods. It's now almost dark. It's dusk. The moon is out over our heads. It's gotten quite a bit colder, at least cold for California. Andy, I'm wondering if you can tell me about uh, what you have tomorrow, the last full day before election day uh so just the last couple of things to do the um cal poly student leaders are having a meet and greet all the candidates are going to be there yeah it's really nice and then the um uh all the candidates somebody's great idea all the candidates are getting together for a little party after that we're all going to go uh to luna red and go have a drink together where where does that happen isn't it so fun? So um, one of the mayoral candidates, Heidi, had sent out an email to all of us and saying, you know, no matter what happens on Tuesday, this has been so great. She said, it's like summer camp, you know, <laughs> and before it's over, let's get together and, you know, have a drink and and uh, chat. So anyway, so I'm excited about that. And then a campaign team meeting and then it's election day. Otherwise, it's just it really feels uh, some excitement. I said to Deborah, I feel like I've seen your It's like, woo, you know. <laughs> Time for this to wrap up. With all but the few remaining hours of campaigning completed, Andy is finishing with seemingly more energy than she began with. 
With each door she's knocked on, she is as patient and friendly with those who were voting for her as those that clearly were not. It's obvious that connecting with people and talking about local issues is a big part of what's fueled Andy's passion through this campaign. A quick note, for these final days of the campaign, I had to be out of town for work, so I used FaceTime to connect with Andy, and the sound quality is not as good. I call Andy at the end of the day on the last day of campaigning. Hey, Jason. Did you guys just finish up your your team meeting tonight? Uh, we actually finished up a little bit ago, and then uh, and then I confess we we're uh, catching up on an old uh, Saturday Night Live, some pre-election uh, <laughs> coverage on the national scene. That sounds perfect. So, uh, yeah. was it was it the uh, this last week's episode with? Um, the, the final one with Hillary and, and Trump uh, becoming friends and dancing yeah, in the streets. Becoming friends. Yeah. yeah, which is cute. I mean, it's actually, they uh, uh, obviously are trying to rise above and just get to the uh, get out and vote uh, kind of mindset, which is refreshing, honestly. Yeah. Um, so you had um, this this evening. You had kind of an unusual thing that was going on, where you were having there was a a gathering of all the the mayoral candidates and the city council candidates were were meeting for a drink. Yeah, it was really nice. So first, we all were had been invited to um, Cal Poly to meet with some of the student leaders there, and that was um, from three to four, and it was a just a really nice little meet and greet. So all the candidates were there and maybe a, a dozen, 15 or so uh, student leaders for ASI and different colleges. and uh, So that was great to be able to talk talk with folks and uh, hear some of the student perspective. and uh, So so that was good. And then um, when the, um, Heidi had uh, suggested that we all get together for a little uh, uh, happy hour to... Uh, just share some time together before the election. So yeah, so we all met up at Luna Red and had a drink and we're joking around and it was it was a, a fun uh, banter as well, you know, commenting on uh, just different, you know, debates we've all been to and how the neighborhood walking has been going. How's everybody feeling on the eve of the election? You know, I think we are feeling um, grateful like grateful that this has been a positive process that we've um, all worked really hard that we've been um, bringing different strengths to this effort and we all really care about the city and that I think we're um, thankful that we have been nice to each other you know yeah uh, it's been a positive a positive experience so. well you said the other night when we were walking around the neighborhoods that you said you know it's it almost has felt like camp say say more about that what did you mean by that well and it was actually Heidi who had said that originally she said you know uh, gosh it's like it's like summer camp that we've all been through this experience together it's really um, I would imagine that you know celebrities probably have this t- same type of thing or people who are in um, you know some, some kind of a crisis where really unless you experience it's really hard to relate to otherwise so just kind of the strange things that happen when you're campaigning and uh, that we can all relate to with each other so uh, so you have this shared experience and even when it's over if there is um, in this case, there's, you know, quote, winners and losers, but in 
in reality, we're all uh, um, have shared this time together, have shared this common experience, and we all are out doing this because we love this community and um, want to have a great future. Before you started the campaign, did you think that was going to be the case, or did you think that the the other people who are running were going to be, I don't know, your enemies? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, or did, yeah. you, did you expect to... Because you've said on a number, a number of occasions that you felt like there's been kind of a bonding of all of you, and, and you've certainly had a lot of respect for the other candidates. And I'm, I'm just wondering if that's, if that's a usual kind of thing that happens in campaigns. Yeah, I was expecting um, more nastiness somehow. I think that a lot of people warned me. Uh, gosh, you know, you got to have a thick skin to get into politics. And there definitely, you know, we've talked that there has been uh, some, uh, you know, critical um, comments in the in the public environment. And, and that has been kind of hard. But the fact that it really hasn't come publicly from any of the other candidates has been um, really uh, encouraging. It just it makes you feel good about uh, the process locally and um, the the basic premise of uh, democracy and being civil with each other, even while we disagree. Um, yeah, so I, I I did not expect it to be as um, collegial as it has. So speaking of expectations, so we're at the we're really at the end of the day on the final day of the campaign. <laughs> you know, tomorrow is election day, and I'm thinking back to when we met really the night before you made your announcement. Has the campaign been what you expected or how has it been different? Uh, gosh, uh, great question. I, it, I, I don't think I could have um, expected uh, what this whole process has been. Um, the amount of work has definitely been a, a ton of work, but it's been work that I've, I've really enjoyed. I've loved getting to uh, know so many different people um, I feel more uh, ready to serve if I am fortunate enough to win. I feel like I know a lot more. So, so that's been really positive. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited. It's, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm a little, I am, I'm a little emotional about uh, kind of wrapping up this part of, uh, of my life. Uh, you know, because it has been a whole year of uh, working toward this. So to be able to say, okay, close it up. And actually, kind of a funny thing happened tonight. We had our um, uh, campaign team meeting, which we do just about every Monday night. And um, once, and so I was like, okay, let's, you know, figure out what's the, uh, what's the close up? What do we do with the, the, you know, the signs that we didn't use <laughs> right. and how do we close up the bank account and all that stuff. And they're like, well, you got to, you know, keep your account open and store the signs for next time. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Next time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much, like, like, have you thought about, have you thought about if you were to win? Because I mean, you know, this, the campaign is, is something unto itself, right? I mean, you've, you've had to go through something a little bit you know, akin to, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll just compare it to a, to a game, you know, a really long, long, you know, nine month game or a year long game where, where just getting to the end of that feels like you've accomplished something. And then 
tomorrow you may find out that you know you've got a whole other a whole new job in front of you right yeah no it's a good analogy as far as the game that it has been like okay you know we just keep playing and and it is an absolute success to make it to the end to go hey i'm still standing i'm still uh you know feeling good about this and uh you know i've learned a lot and ready for whatever happens next um, but yeah, there's, there's, we'll see. It'll be interesting. You know, tomorrow night is obviously, um, uh, a, a big deal to find out, okay, what's the answer. But then the next day is like, okay, <laughs> what do I do with that answer? Yeah. You know, right. if, if I don't win, it's, uh, okay. So regroup and figure out what's next and how I can still, um, work for those issues that are so important. Uh, to me and to so many in the community and if I if I do win um, figuring out how to you know be as effective as I possibly can be on city council how important is it to you to win Mm, you know I uh, so on on the one hand it's like I really have um, prepared myself for either income but um, yeah, I want to win. I want to. Um, I wouldn't be working this hard if I didn't. I, I think I'll be um, good at it and uh, at this job. And uh, I think that the uh, vision that I have resonates with a lot of people. And so um, I will. Uh, and at the, at the same time, I feel like I've I've done what I can. And if it, if it doesn't work out this time for me to win, it, it doesn't mean that I will stop working for this community. So what, is, what does tomorrow night look like for you? And, and how do you see tomorrow night ending? Uh, I, I think it's going to be, a, honestly, a little bit of a blur. Um, you know, I'm just going to have basically a regular work day tomorrow, a little bit of last-minute um, campaign and outreach, but mostly I'm having a work day, uh, and then at starting at seven o'clock, we're going to gather at, uh, Cafe Roma and, um, you know, eight o'clock results will start coming in for, uh, national elections. And probably by nine, we'll start hearing some preliminary answers on the more local races. And by 10, depending on, you know, if it's close or not, we, we could be kind of having our outcomes mostly sealed up. Although a lot of times, if it's close, you don't hear until, you know, late in the night. Um, so, you know, I think my uh, my team, my close friends, were just going to be hanging out at the um, Cafe Roma. And then a lot of other members of the community are going to be hopping around, stopping in to say hi. And uh, so depending on what the outcome is, we'll <laughs> just have to have a different response. But mostly it's just about... Um, uh, saying thank you, thank you to all the supporters who have given you know time and and money and you know walked precincts and put up signs and uh, it's just am- amazing. I'm just um, so amazed about how many people step up to help and and feel good about doing it. You know, you're like you know when I say thank you, they're like thank you. I was like really, <laughs> right. you know, right. <laughs> so nice. Andy started this campaign saying she wanted it to be a positive experience, to not go negative, to show others that you could run for office and find common ground. You could respectfully disagree and still remain civil, friendly, and supportive. Win or lose tomorrow, it would appear that Andy has accomplished this goal. If celebratory drinks on the night before the election with other candidates isn't a good indicator of this, I don't know what is. Cheers to all the candidates for making this happen. 
I feel like I could end this podcast here, that the results tomorrow don't have to be the climax of this story. My goal when I reached out to Andy about doing this project was to document what it's like to run for office, to show the human side of a candidate. After all, this and every election is just that, people running for offices because they think they can be of service to their community. The results of this election will not change the fact that Andy's approach was, at every step, thoughtful and conscious of remaining open and positive. Of course, Andy said so herself that she wants to win this thing. She wants to see herself on the city council to serve her city. So stopping here would not be the proper way to end this story. Next up, election night. The only station you can trust on election night. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Decision Night in America here at NBC's Democracy. On the news hour tonight, Americans decide. Voters head to the polls to choose between the election night 2016. It all starts now. It, <laughs> it's hey, I, the, okay, all right. the the fact that you picked up is pretty amazing. Yeah, well, um, Jim Wolf told me to make sure I had my phone handy in case the uh, the newspapers call. Well, I had to be, had to be ready. <laughs> so so uh, tell me tell me what you know so far. Yeah. So um, uh, let's see. So they've uh, released the results of the absentee ballots, and I'm in first place. Woohoo! How do yeah. you how do you feel about that? Well, I'm super excited. So I have 27 percent, and then next is Aaron with 23, and then Mila with 17 percent. So, um, so they don't have any of the uh, precinct ballots reporting yet, and you know that's you know we're hoping kind of nine or nine thirty, but it might not be until ten when we kind of hear anything more. So, but you know we're having uh, a, a nice party here and. I said thank you to everyone, kind of no matter whatever the results. Um, and so it's very festive in that sense. Okay, so, so I think yeah. there's some positive things going on. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll, I'll definitely want to check back in with you as as more results are released. But yeah, but sure. but how how do you feel about about the lead? What what does that do for your confidence? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! It's just so um, it's amazing. You know, you just feel so. I just feel so grateful that a lot of the folks um, <laughs> have some results going up on the TV from the other races. Um, yeah, no, I feel very uh, uh, hopeful and excited. And, and uh, Aaron, who's uh, uh, aligned with me on a lot of things, is in second. So obviously I'm not banking on it, but it's a pretty good lead for um, the absentee ballots considering – it's probably half of the people in town vote by mail. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, excited and grateful and humbled and just, you know, it's, it's terrific. As the evening wore on, I watched more election coverage from my hotel in Sacramento. Like many people, I was stunned as it became more and more clear that Donald Trump was going to win. Hey, Dixon. 
Hey, Andy, how you doing? You still at the restaurant or have you gotten home? No, we just got home about uh, maybe 15 minutes ago. We were kind of like lingering at the stadium, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Not not so much, I guess, how it affected your campaign at this point, but but just you personally. That that um, you know, as the uh, well, first off, let's let's do an update on kind of what the uh, the results are right now. Give me, tell me what you yeah. know about the results. So so the results are very positive. We have uh, about seventy percent of the precincts have reported. So mail-in ballots and 70% of the precincts. So there's just a little bit remaining. And I'm still in first place with 27% of the votes. So, so yeah, this is a huge yeah. night for you. Yeah. Yeah. So where, do, where does yeah. that leave you? How, how yeah, do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I, I'm excited for my own uh, race and for the community. And so... Today, as you entered into today, the election day, um, how'd you feel as far as, you know, I know last night you, you know, you were feeling fairly confident. You felt like you had run a good campaign. Um, but today was, today was really the day, you know. Right, right. Did, well, and it's feel? interesting because I, I, th- I thought about you and like this morning I was, uh, you know, excited and nervous and also kind of emotional. Like I started thinking about my mom and, you know, my mom passed away four years ago and I was just, I was really sad that she wasn't here to be part of this. She, had, she was living in San Luis Obispo and uh, was, um, very involved in politics and I just I think she would have been so excited for me and to be walking uh, door to door I think I think she would have been devastated by the national election tonight Um, but you know this morning I was really I was really thinking a lot about her and um, and and just wish and just missing her just missing my mom so um, then I, I worked all day, just kind of had a normal work day, which I think was good, kind of stay focused. And uh, then I was getting nervous again by the end of the evening and as the um, actual kickoff and, I mean, as the election party and the results were coming in, getting a little more nervous and, oh, gosh, is the news going to be there? And, and as it turns out, the newspaper came by, which was great. They did a little video clip and some photos. and um, But otherwise, it wasn't like TV. By the time all the votes were counted, Andy would remain in first place. In fact, not only that, she would win big. She would earn nearly a thousand more votes than the second-placed candidate, Aaron Gomez, who also earned the second spot of the two city council seats. Andy's last election night Facebook post reads, Thank you to so many people for supporting my campaign. With 67% of the precincts reporting, I'm ahead with 27% of the vote. Not final, of course, but I am grateful and hopeful. City Council on December 5th, 2016, the County Clerk Recorder certified the results of the November 8th, 2016 general municipal election. These results indicated that Heidi Harmon received the highest number of votes and is a candidate elected to office of mayor. Andy Pease and Aaron Gomez received the highest number of votes and are the candidates elected to the office of council member. Today, staff recommends that you adopt a resolution of the City Council of the City of San Luis Obispo, California, reciting the facts of the general municipal election held on November 8, 2016, declaring the results as such uh, and such matters as provided by law. 
This concludes my report. Please raise your right hands and repeat after me. I state your name. I, Andy Pease. Do solemnly swear or affirm. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution, I'm sorry, and the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. Against all enemies. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith. That I will bear true faith. And allegiance. And allegiance. To the Constitution of the United States. To the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any, any mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. And that I will well. And that I will well. And faithfully discharge the duties. And faithfully discharge the duties. Upon which I am about to enter. Upon which I am about to enter. Congratulations. Okay, and so now we'll, we will have remarks from newly elected officials and continuing council members. So newly elected council member Andy Pease to please make her remarks. Thank you so much. I uh, have some prepared remarks, but in the interest of brevity and in honor of our um, uh, time commitments and being effective in leadership, I'll keep them very brief. I do want to say thank you to uh, my campaign team and all the people who helped with the election I'd like to say thank you to my family, my husband Frank and Jen um, here today. I'd like to um, thank the other candidates uh, for a really positive campaign process. I have so much respect for Myla and Mike and Brett and Chris, and I look forward to working with them in the future. I'd like to say thank our staff. Um, bringing us newbies up to speed is no small feat, and our staff is um, professional and kind, and I'm so looking forward to serving with all of you. Um, thank you to our outgoing council, um, Dan, Dan Carpenter and John Ashbaugh have been uh, wonderful um, to share their experience and insights, and our community is better served, and Jan Marks for your leadership and wisdom and, and friendship. We are lucky to have had you. Um, to my new colleagues, I'm so excited to serve with all of you. And to, um, and to the community out there, you know, campaigns are a time necessarily to um, differentiate each other, but really we have so many shared values and, um, and we come together now to address our, uh, the issues of our time. Local government is our opportunity to be collaborative and effective and creative and to um, come together for this great um, community. So I'm honored to, to be here. Thanks so much. Okay, so Andy, we just finished the swearing-in process, and you announced back in March. Back in March, did you see yourself here today at the swearing-in ceremony? No, not really. Here it is. It's actually here, and it has been almost a, uh, about a full year that when I started thinking about running, and now to be here in the council chamber and um, up at the dais, it, I'm just so excited. It's really yeah. Exciting. 
Yeah, so watching you, and, and this was standing room only today. I mean, I don't know if you knew, but there were people out in the hallways. There's two, there were two or three overflow rooms. There were TVs out in the hall. And so I could only see from the hallway, but after the swearing in, you took your seat. What was that like? It felt great. It's, it's a little scary, um, you know, because here we go and you're being, you know, watched and televised. And at the same time, that's what we've been working for. And I know that the community is, um, wants us to succeed. So that feels really good. So we'll fumble. We'll fumble a little on the way, but, uh, you know, it's, it'll be great. Did the swearing in go as as you planned? And in, in your first comments, I, I saw you had a uh, you seconded. I think one of the the first the first motions. Ta-da! I, I did something. I seconded a motion. Yes. So that was good. Good to uh, get that over with. And um, you know, the next meeting won't have nearly the attendance. So that's uh, maybe a little better. Yeah. This this may be the, the the most attended meeting that you have the entire time, right? I think that is a fair statement. <laughs> Congratulations, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. As Andy walks away, she is immediately greeted by well-wishing friends and community members who have gathered for the standing-room-only swearing-in ceremony, not unlike the morning she announced her candidacy. She looks happy and energized, and I can just overhear her repeating to her friends, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. As I listen, I'm thinking about a brief conversation we had while Andy went door-to-door through a neighborhood looking for votes just two nights before the election. It's a quick moment, but I think it epitomizes who Andy is as a person, a candidate, and now a council member who truly respects and loves her community. Now, when this, this last person, we just went up their door, and they said they'd already voted, and they didn't need your card. You know, fine, they've already voted, but that they didn't say, I voted for you. What, what do, you do you assume that means they, they, they didn't to vote for you? That is what I assume. <laughs> well, that's all right, you know. Uh, I didn't get there, and they have their opinions, and, you know, November 9th, we're all part of the uh, same community again, so it's nice to meet them anyway. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Running With Andy on the Jay Curious Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It took way longer to complete than I ever expected. But as always, it was an honor to share this story with you. I want to thank Andy first and foremost for agreeing to this project and for sharing so much of her time with me during a really busy campaign. It was my pleasure to follow her along this process. Andy is now well into her first year as a San Luis Obispo City Council member and is doing just great. If you'd like to learn more about Andy, you can find her on her Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Andy for slow. That's A-N-D-Y-F-O-R-S-L-O. I want to thank you all again for listening. More episodes are coming, but I won't make any promises as to the release date. Be sure to like the Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash jcurious. And leave a comment about this episode. I'd love to hear what you thought. It's also a great way to track when the new episodes are going to be released. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode, take care. Thanks again for listening.